When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tommy, I need a favor. What's that? Can you say Nissan Titan in that big Tom movie theater voice? Do you want Echo or not? No, Echo's fine. No, Echo, okay. Nissan Titan. Try it with Echo. Okay, wait a minute. This is my Echo. My Echo. I just paid a lot of money for this Echo. Nissan Titan. Man, that's brilliant. We have got a killer deal at our two Nissan stores, Coon Rapids and Burnsville. For this month, for the month of October, you can buy a brand-new Nissan Titan, which is just a badass truck, 0% financing for 84 months. Here's the only catch. We only have 12 of them in stock between the two stores. So, But 0% for 84 months on a Titan, that's unheard of. That's as long as your KQ contract. It is. It would be perfect. Yeah, so when you get your truck paid off, you don't have to listen to Tom anymore. Yeah, and I don't have to get up anymore. That's brilliant. Can you say Nissan Titan one more time? Nissan Titan. That sucks. Raise the roof. I had to play this because my husband is on the line. And every time she says coyly, (laughs) I think of it. On the line, we have Dave Schrader from <laughs> The Holzer Files, which is going to be airing tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p- 
9 p.m. Central on Travel Channel. Yes. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I had to go through a lot of hoops to get you on. Yeah. But, well, I'm kind of a busy guy, and my, my person that usually handles these interviews wasn't available because she's uh, helping to host a radio show this morning. So I, uh, I'm glad you were finally able to get through to me. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? She knows a person who knows a person. Oh, I tell you, we have, we have so much going on right now. But we always make time to watch the Holzer Files, which I have. It's set on my DVR so I can go over there and watch it. Now, tonight's episode is The Whaley House, which is... Now, Hans Holzer coined it the most haunted house in America. Is that correct? Right. When he visited back in 1965, he actually uh, investigated the place and had um, Regis Philbin with him, and uh, who was reporting it for the news. And Regis was so impacted and freaked out by it, he actually did an episode of that, like, celebrity ghost sightings a couple of years back talking about it. And went back with one of, uh, I can't remember her name right now, Kim Russo, I think, to do, you know, kind of face that fear and and talk about his, his experience. But the Whaley House is really a remarkable place with, with great history and um, so much strange activity going on in the place from, you know, things moving to full-on apparitions. We, we actually spoke to a police officer, uh, who came in while we were filming and talked to us about the fact that he had been there visiting with his wife and saw a woman, addressed her, talked to her, and then she just dissipated in front Eek. of him. And it absolutely freaked him out. I mean, he was a cop, and he was visibly shaken as yeah. he was recounting the story to me. So there's so much there's so much activity that, that takes place there in many different forms. So it was really... It was exciting to go in there. Uh, Hans did his investigation in 1965. So, you know, to be back in 53, 54 years later and realize that there's still so much story to be told was pretty remarkable. Um, most people assume the place is haunted by the Whaley family themselves, but we actually uncovered handwritten letters between the Whaleys that they were dealing with a haunting oh. that took place at that location, something dark and and uh, bizarre was going on, and, and Hans Holzer encountered it again 100 years later when he investigated, and we wanted to get to the bottom of that. And in 13 years of actual investigations, I've never been physically contacted by a spirit, I would say. I've seen things, I've heard things, but in this episode, I legitimately get knocked on my ass. Uh, something chucks me right into our our uh, uh, tech Shane and pins him to the wall and I hit the ground like a load of bricks. It was one of the most frightening moments I've ever had uh, experienced yeah. during any type of investigation. Are you afraid you're going to bring one with you wherever you go? Can't they? I mean, I've watched so many of these stupid horror movies. I'm like, <laughs> it's like they, they, well, they live through all of this stuff and then they, you know, they, mm -hmm. they, they move away and it starts all over again. It's like, Oh my God. Well, the, the attachments is something real, and I'm, I'm yeah. usually very cautious of that. But I, you know, I will tell you, and Cassie uh, was there one night. I do my radio show, Midnight in the Desert, from home, and we had my home studio set up in her bedroom to begin with. And uh, she would sit on the bed and work on Tom Bernard show stuff while I was doing my radio show. And one night about 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm launching into the start of our third hour, and all of a sudden you hear the TV start blaring. 
And I, I mute my microphone. I go, what the hell? Which kid is up at one, one o'clock in the morning? So she went out there hightailing it to figure out what was going on. I hear the TV go off and I go back into talking on my radio show. All of a sudden the TV starts blaring again and then it goes off. A few minutes later, she comes in and her jaws just like hanging open and her eyes are as big as saucers. And I mute my microphone. I go, what's wrong? She goes, there's nobody out there. She goes, all the remotes were sitting on the table and the TV was on and the volume was going up by itself. And then she turned off the TV and it turned itself back on and then started pushing the volume all the way to the top again. She turned it off and then the DVD player, the door started opening and shutting on the DVD player over and over and over again. And so she you- finally got it calmed down, came into the, to the room again, and she's just telling me what happened. And then we heard this loud, boom! And then all of our power went out. No other house in our town was affected, uh, or in our neighborhood, I should say. But our power went out for the rest of the evening, and uh, we were left kind of hanging. So I, we've had some weird experiences. So I'm usually, I try to be as cautious as I can that whatever I'm investigating stays where it's supposed to be. But you know, uh, unfortunately, we don't get the the handbook for the recently deceased when somebody dies to know how to keep their spirits grounded in one area or. What happens if they follow you? They follow you. I, I do my best to try to make sure that doesn't happen, so it doesn't well, affect. I think our you should store barrels of holy water, <laughs> so you can just sure. like jump in, jump out, sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle around yeah. my house, a little sage. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be doing everything. Yeah, we've had some weird experiences happen. Now, whether it's stuff that was already existing where we're at, I don't know, or if it's something that came, you know, is attached to one of us. That I don't know because we've heard voices, talking, people walking around that nobody's there. Um, well, right now we're Is this we're the between. new house? No. Oh. No. Okay. This is the old, and here's the funny thing, Doug. Um, was it two nights ago? Mm-hmm. I go over to the uh, old house because we're, we're moving from the old house into the new house and doing it slowly. So most everybody's already over at the new house, but I've kept my studio at the old house. And I'm there, and I'm getting ready to fire up for the show, and I start hearing footsteps banging around. So I, I text Cassie. I'm like, are you here? Are you walking around doing stuff? If you are, keep it down. And she goes, I'm not over there. I said, well, is Linus, our son, over there? She goes, no, he's downstairs sleeping. And I said, "Some somebody's walking around in this damn house. And uh, I got out and walked around the house. I couldn't find anything. As soon as I got back in and shut my door, I could hear walking around. And at one point while I was talking to Cassie, there's a loud rap on the wall. So I don't know if the ghosts there are just unhappy that we're moving or they're thinking, Hey, what are you waiting for? Get your get out, out of here too. And you know, <laughs> so it's, it's been very strange. We, in you know, as parents, you want to feel you're prepared for any kind of eventuality. You've got band-aids and Bactine for always. You've got, you know, gentle head rubs for nightmares. But when your kid comes into the room and says, I can't sleep, the man under my bed keeps laughing swimming you pool of there's holy nothing water. in the world that can yeah, prepare just... you for that yeah water bed of holy water, water. bed of holy water <laughs> yeah that's yeah. the way to keep them away i think that's brilliant huh? i would totally do that no that's a brilliant idea I'm because nobody's thought of that well, does, does that work holy water <laughs> <laughs> well my, my youngest well, son max said that he heard you laughing mean the kid that's right yes. behind you yeah okay that well, one um he said that he, he heard laughing under his bed and that kind of unnerved me. And he also said that he saw shadow figures in his room. And I just tried to explain to him, you know, try to alleviate the fear in him. I just said, look, th- if you see a shadow person, it doesn't mean that they're bad. They're probably just watching you and protecting you while you sleep. So that kind of helped him kind of get 
back into, okay, maybe it's not evil or, you know, because I can understand from a little kid's perspective, like, what is that? But I just try and say, hey, maybe he's just just watching you and protecting you while you sleep so the bad things can't get you. He's like, oh, okay. Does that happen? Some theories say, because, I mean, you know, well, David, you can explain shadow people, can't you? Uh, Well, I can give some theories on it, but yeah, shadow people phenomena. A lot of people encounter these beings and they're just just what it sounds like a shadowy figure and uh i get most of the stories are really kind of spooky because they come from people saying that they wake up and see them standing in their room or at the end of the bed and they're looking at these shadow figures and what's really interesting though is it's like once they've realized they're there and they kind of get over that initial shock and awe most people admit to rolling over and going back to sleep so i i think then that means that these aren't very it's probably not something intimidating or or evil. Maybe it's your guardian angels, your watchers, whatever, Uh, because theoretically, right, I mean, you're probably most vulnerable when you're sleeping. Maybe they're the ones that uh, keep an eye on things while you're in bed. Um, Otherwise, why would you really not have that fight or flight deal? Like if you wake up and Tom and Catherine, you wake up at night and there's Dave Schrader standing at the end of your bed, I'm willing to bet the two of you aren't going to go, Schrader, and then roll over and go back to sleep. Uh, maybe no, you will. I don't know. You probably guys have seen not. A lot in your life. No, but if you <laughs> there'd be right? there'd be some f words flung around. <laughs> <laughs> but if you see the shadowy figure, you're going to see it and then just kind of roll over. Obviously, there's something different about those beings, and I don't I I don't know what it is. I can't uh, you know wrap my head around it. We've been talking to people all around the world that have had these encounters and seen these weird things, and there are shadow figures at the Whaley House. They're full fledged apparitions. One of the things that didn't make the episode, which kind of broke my heart, but I understand it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the narrative. At one point, I was upstairs in the Whaley house in the theater area doing an EVP session that's recording electronic voice phenomena and uh, getting disembodied voices. And Cindy Kaza, the medium, was downstairs in a different room. And, and they have two cameras, one on me, one on her. And we're simultaneously doing what we're doing. And all of a sudden, she stops and she goes, Ooh, there's a woman ghost here and she does not, she's not happy. She says, Dave's going to wake the baby if he keeps talking and she couldn't hear me up there. But as I'm doing the EVP session and I'm asking, you know, is there anybody here? Are you mad that we're here? Anything like that? I play back my recorder and I get this woman's sing-songy voice going, you're going to wake the baby. And I catch this voice on recorder. Right while she's being told that the ghost here is very upset, Dave's going to wake the baby. And that was that gave me chills. Unfortunately, that's not the ghost we end up bumping into that's really causing the problems and knocked me on my butt. So that ends up on the cutting room floor. When you only have 42 minutes to tell a story, some things get left out. And that's, that's an unfortunate one. But it is uh, there was a lot going on in that place. And it's... Uh, Tonight on, on Travel Channel, I, and, and for any of the, the listeners of the Tom Bernard Show, you know, feel free to reach out to me at uh, at Darkness Radio on Twitter. We'll be live tweeting during the show tonight, and let us know what you think of the program. We'd love your uh, feedback and insight. The, the show's been a lot of fun. We have, after tonight, seven more episodes coming up. Next week, Catherine, talking about holy water, we end up having to call in a religious man because um, the episode is called The Devil in Texas. We're following up on Hans Holzer's case that he investigated uh, where a, a young man believed he was possessed and Hans Holzer kind of tried to help the family out as best he could. We revisit that case in the beginning of the show. And in the end of the show, we end up helping a new 
uh, family. Um, with what we learned from Han Hol- Hans Holzer's case, we go to a new family that's in dire needs, and a lot of strange things took place. And that one really impacted me because it was it was a woman who was fighting for her life and her children's life. She was so terrified by what was going on. And, you know, hopefully we were able to bring her some resolution and she's kept in touch with me after the show. So I can't give too much away about what's going on. But that that episode really hit me in the heartstrings because to see this mom at the end of her rope, not knowing what to do with all the strange activity in her house, uh, you know, all you can do is work and and try to bring answers. So but we do we do have to call in the clergy next week to give us a hand because things get a little crazy. What do they do? I mean, that is like is it just because they're. I mean, I don't understand how, like, if a priest can get rid of a ghost. Well, you know, I'm, priests and reverends and people that are imbued and imbibed with the, the power of God and, and kind of work through that, you know, basically they're kind of there to keep people on track and help. And, and you know, if they've got this power, they've been, uh, you know, you read throughout the Bible, there are some people that are just uh, allowed to cast out spirits and demons, and that's what the religious sect is supposed to be there to help with. But, uh Reverend uh, Bill Bean that we work with on this episode, uh, you know, he brings some really interesting insights to us and and helps us with this woman. And, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. That's why when you were saying, I'll just have holy water, sometimes you and I, we go in there flinging holy water, we can really piss something off. And uh, Nothing's ever easy. (laughs) No, No. it's like that old Dracula thing, you know? You have to have faith in the cross for the cross to work against Dracula. If you're if you're a Jew and you're holding up the cross, Dracula rolls his eyes at you, right? It, it doesn't have that same impact. It's the belief system behind it. Yeah. And if you're flinging holy water around, I've had people contact me and they're like, well, I went out and got holy water and I sprinkled it in the room and things got worse. Well, are you Catholic? No. Are you really religious? No. Well, so what you did was basically just kind of show this thing, you know, your hand and that you have no faith or power behind anything that you're asking for it. And if it's trying to get your attention, maybe there's a reason. And and by flinging holy water at it, you're just pissing it off. So, you know, our whole job is to try to re-empower people that have experiences to let them know. Sometimes it, it comes off terrifying, but, you know, uh, what you're hearing and understanding and, and what's going on are two totally different things. Sometimes they just want your attention once you acknowledge them. Like in so, one of our very first episodes, we did this house in New York, um, where this ghost was very active until they found a portrait of her and hung it up in her in the house. As soon as they acknowledged her and kind of gave her a place of reverence in this house, she stopped the activity. That's but your a house first episode, right? Way. Right. And yep. then the, the, the house down the way started blowing up with activity. Well, it was a very similar story. And once we kind of go in there and acknowledged the ghost and uncovered the story, uh, you know, the activity settles down. So that's, you know, sometimes it's just in being recognized and reminded of who was once there and, and you know, doing that. So it's, I wish it was like a cure-all pill for all of these cases, but every case is its own individual story and it's kind of getting to that to that story and treating it like a detective case is what I think we're, we're very effective at and hopefully people will tune in for that aspect and the history is amazing. Uh, the ghost hunt is almost secondary to me. I'm so fascinated by what we learn of these locations and what took place there. I, last week, I got to stand in the Morris Jumel Mansion in New York. That's where George Washington used it as a stronghold during his uh, um, during the war at one point. Uh, you, you had Hamilton was there. Burr married Mrs. Jumel and lived in that house. 
So just so many amazing parts of history, and, and I get to be part of it. It's a, a real honor. So it sounds like you're – you're better off doing the cowardly lion thing. I do believe in spooks. I do believe. <laughs> right. I do. I do. I do believe in spooks. Well, you we <laughs> have to take a break. Can you hang on for another segment? Sure. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. back we still have dave on the line oh eh, wait ah, stop i know that timer clock is my nemesis i think <laughs> i don't like it it won't work for me okay this seems to be the sweet spot oh a lot of working wheels today yes okay so we were talking about holes or files what is else is going on with you dave where are you right now I'm in uh, Chicago. I'm going to be here for the uh, 2019 Ghost Conference this weekend. Um, Ghost Conference. Not at all how I not at all how I envisioned my life as a child. I'll tell you that <laughs> spending weekends at Ghost Conferences, but it's a lot of fun. Um, if there's anybody listening in the Chicagoland area, or even from the great state of Minnesota that wants to make the trek, I know there's still tickets available. Uh, ChicagoHauntings.com is the website. ChicagoHauntings.com. And it's a pretty big conference. They've got a lot of great speakers that are going to be there. I'll be doing a talk on uh, Saturday in the afternoon. Uh, but tonight, I, you know, this is so cool, and I, I feel like such a nerd about it. You know, I've, I've had a chance to travel the world, get to see places, meet people, talk at major venues, thousands of people. And I got invited back to my old high school tonight to do a talk for the students on ghosts. Did you graduate? And, uh, they, they sent me a picture of the uh, outside marquee with my name on in the light. So it was that's like the weirdest moment for me is that I feel like, wow, I made it. The high school wants me back. Wait, your, uh, your high school has a marquee? It does. We're kind of fancy. You know? Yeah, wow. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, yeah you know, you when you the... make it to the TV world, uh, they you... put in some extra effort for you out here, you I guess. I didn't know you grew uh, up in Hinsdale. Hats <laughs> off to you. No. I'm, uh, I'm out, yeah, actually, Roselle, Illinois at Lake Park High School. It's an open event tonight. It's a free open event. If anybody is interested in coming out, Lake Park. East Campus in Illinois, if you're listening and uh, want to come out and say hi. But uh, that was that's kind of fun. So I'm, I'm doing that and then just back home, hopefully, uh, after this weekend and, and finish moving in. And, uh, you know, hopefully we start filming season two of The Holzer Files in January. So we're just waiting to get the word back from the network and see if we're going to go forward. 
What does one do at a ghost conference? Uh, usually, uh, it's a lot of socializing and drinking and partying and talking oh. about ghosts. So it's a uh, Cassie's <laughs> been to a bunch with me. She's uh, she turns from Cassie Schrader into Sammy Davis Jr. by the end of every night. <laughs> as, she, as she drinks, she de-evolves. Her her vision gets blurry, so she slowly closes one eye. Oh, I get that and, too. Uh, I get that. Yeah, gets, the half brain thing. Real, yeah, you don't have to tell us. We were, we were there Sunday. <laughs> oh yeah, God, you, you saw the uh, Sammy Davis Jr. show up at the uh, at the wedding of, of Andy. But uh, yeah, so she she always has a good time, and we have we have great times. But it's neat to meet all these. People and they bring in speakers from different countries and and all around the world that get a chance to come in and kind of share thoughts and ideas with fans of all the TV shows and the, the paranormal radio programs like mine and okay. and uh, we get to all be in one place and, and have this kind of brother and sisterhood going on. Is this a one time a year thing or is it all over the country? Well, there's different conferences that take place all over the country. Um, but I was going to mention, Catherine, you brought up Sage. Mm-hmm. I think it was you earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an investigation in Minnesota in Stillwater at the uh, place called the Warden's House. Okay. And I uh, did an investigation there. We did a smudging afterward to help clear the, the location. And for people that aren't familiar with smudge sticks and sage, it has a very pungent odor to it. Yes. And it almost smells like, like bad marijuana to me, uh, which I know Doug is... Hard to believe there's something like bad marijuana out there, but Putting it's yeah, I've, I've smelled selling that stuff, Mister. <laughs> nothing worse right. than bad geef. <laughs> uh, so I'm driving home. I end up having a sneezing fit, so I'm weaving on the road, and then uh, I, I correct, and all of a sudden the lights go on behind me. <laughs> Cop thinks I'm drunk driving because I'm weaving, and I get pulled over. Oh, I'm God. not even. I'm like, oh, this. I'm gonna explain. I sneezed. I'm sorry, and uh, so I, I get pulled over. I roll down my window. The cop leans down. And he goes. Oh, been having fun tonight, huh? And I look around the car. I'm like, what? Does he know I'm a ghost hunter? What? I go, yeah, well, I was, you know, I just did a ghost hunt over at the, the warden's house in Stillwater. And he goes, uh huh. And he goes, do you do anything else? I'm like, no. And I said, oh, because of the weaving. I said, I'm sorry. I had a sneeze attack and I apologize. And he goes, uh huh. And then he goes, <laughs> I understand why you were sneezing. You want to step out of the car? Oh, jeez. I'm like, and I'm, again, I'm totally baffled. I have no clue what he's thinking about. And as I start to get out of the car, I'm like, oh, no, I smell like sage. I smell like smoke stick, right? And <laughs> I climb out of the car. So it's funny. All the other investigators go driving by as I'm walking the yellow line, uh... put my fingertips, you know, they're all laughing in hysterics as I get pulled over. Well, so, uh, they could the cop... have pulled over and said it's yeah. sage. Yeah. Oh, no. They, were, they all smelled like smudge stick, too. They oh. weren't going to go down. Oh. That and the fact that they all had Cheetos on their fingers and on their mouths, so they right would have even looked more. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the cop, cop laughed pretty hard. I actually then showed him my trunk with all of the, the tools and gear and holy water in it, and he got a laugh out of it, and I let him smell the smudge stick, and then he was like, all right, go ahead, get on your way. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I just was laughing. At, he's like, how much did you smoke tonight? I didn't smoke anything, I swear. Uh, so you have to be careful when you're out there investigating at night using a smudge stick for uh, protection. It may protect you from the oogity-boogity, but don't get caught by the cops. They're going to think you were getting high. No. <laughs> Sage advice, indeed. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Hey, that is uh, sage advice. I like that. Get it? Very nice. There you go. Yeah, well, I... <laughs> um, Going back to the Holzer Files, because uh, I've watched a lot of paranormal shows. I mean, there's a plethora of shows out there. One thing I love about 
the Holzer files <clears throat> is that they, with the history and the background of the location, it gives a good narrative to the investigation itself. Now, a lot of these shows are more of just kind of the shock and awe of ghost investigating, and that's like just the minuscule part of being a paranormal investigator. You need to learn the history. You need to learn the background. Um, and sometimes you uncover things that were unbeknownst to other people that, you know, know about this location. I mean, sure. you, you've uncovered, like, new revelations, even at the Whaley House, because you had those letters that, um, that were from the Whaley saying that they were being haunted. Not everybody knows that. So it's like sure. to uncover all these, like, little... It's it's like a an investigate like a police investigation. Sure, you know, yeah, you're coming it is. across right. these evidence, and you you hear stories of oh, this person had a similar experience than this person, but they had no ties to one another, and I find that so interesting. And I lo- like Dave. I, I love the history part of it. That's my favorite part of the show is watching the history. I'm sorry, I I tuned out right after you said the one thing you love about the show and then my name didn't come right after that oh well yes so, no. <laughs> oh you have gone hollywood oh, as seen on tv dave schrader um that's right yeah no it, it, it's in the investigation and the research and the history and coming across these things and cindy k's our medium's really really good she comes in and like i know the basics i know the history that's out there i know what hans holzer came up against and it's it's interesting to watch her come in because she's blind. She has no clue where we're at or why we're there. And she just launches in on the baseline investigation to see what she can connect with. Mm-hmm. And my job is to sit there and take copious notes of everything she says. And I feel bad because she's like, uh, you know, Dave, does this make sense? Did, do you know anything about this? And I'm like, no, I've never heard that. And it's in none of the notes. And you feel bad because like you're, you're rejecting what she's picking up on. And then the next day I go do an interview with this, you know, historic uh, society person. And they tell me the story and they go, hey, by the way, our medium was picking up on this. Does it make sense? And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. As a matter of fact. And then she was spot on. She knew something this guy wasn't even prepared to talk about. And it turns out to be an integral part of our story. And she's done that time and time again. And it's it's just astounding to be around that. And then we kind of go on this this chase to find the information she pulled out, the information we knew, and see if we can marry them together in a cohesive way. We don't just, we don't lick and stick and hope it's going to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, we discard it. If, if it connects, we're, we're on it and trying to put this narrative together. And, and it's, it's really remarkable. We've got a great team, Shane Pittman, our tech, who, who helps to orchestrate the experiments and does all the setup and, and evidence review. And then Gabe Roth, um, is our researcher. Gabe Roth's brother is Eli Roth, uh, the, the famous uh, producer, director, and behind many of the different horror movies. And, and um, Gabe is big in that field as well and has worked behind the scenes on, on TV and in movies. But he loves the paranormal and is so fascinated by this. And he gets to go through the files and find the stories that will allow us to come back in and reinvestigate. And that's been cool. And then Alexandra Holzer, the daughter of Hans Holzer, uh, you know, brought uh, brought out this information and reopened these case files for us to to go in. So it's been a real uh, treasure. And we get to hear, and, and something we get to do is bring the past into the present. We get to play old 
video footage of her father investigating. You're, you get to hear some of the old audio, which is chilling. When she, when one of his mediums starts channeling, and you hear these creepy, breathy voices coming out of her, uh, it, it's really freaky. But our listener and our viewers get to see these aspects of history, the original investigation tapes and videos, and the letters and and everything. So it's it it ties it together nicely, and I'm I'm pretty proud of what we put together. Yeah, I and I think the production of of the show is done beautifully too. I mean, it's aesthetically, it's it's the visuals are great. I mean, it, it came together because you know I, you know, having Dave go off and film and do that stuff. You know, I get little. He tells me little snippets, nothing. Sure. You know, but just like what's going on, and you know, to see it all come together. I find that so interesting. I'm like, oh, wow, this is what you were doing this whole time while you were gone, and just to kind of see it. And I'm very proud of him, you know. Sure. I mean, it, it's hard because, you know. That's he, a big deal getting a show. Yeah. And, and you know, and I, and I also see behind the scenes of how hard he works, what he puts into it, you know, and all you, everybody else just gets to see what's on TV. Sure. So. Oh, and there's hours and hours of footage being shot that doesn't make it on. Mm-hmm. In the long hours, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and also he's you know putting everything he's got into his radio shows and everything. So, I am very proud of you, honey. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate that, and I know I couldn't have done any of this without your guys' support. And you know, special thanks to Tom and and the family. All of you guys have been so great and supportive for allowing me to continue to uh, visit with you guys and share ghost stories and talk about the show. And it's, it's because people uh, like you let me into your lives uh, and onto your programs to do this, that they saw the relevance of having me as a part of this TV show. So I really do appreciate the love and support from uh, the Bernard family and, and uh, the program. So thank you guys so much for that. Well, you know, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. <laughs> hey, Barbara. <laughs> you, you missed your calling. You missed your calling. You should really think about being a musician. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, so. No, it's, 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 it's great. We, I mean, it's all very interesting, and you guys are great people, so it's all good. Yeah, well, and if you're not even a believer in the paranormal, you can at least find the entertainment in it. You know what I mean? Because I'm a skeptical believer. Some of the things I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. But I'm just like, you know, and that and that makes it a, a lot funner to just kind of, you know, just watch. It's like sure. if, you know, if you don't believe in it, at least look at it as like it's a horror movie or something, you know, just for entertainment purposes. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, Dave has Midnight in the Desert Monday through Friday. And that would be midnight to 3 a.m. Eastern. 11 to 2 a.m. Central, and then every weekend you can go to Podcast One and find Beyond the Darkness. He work, and then he's got True Crime Tuesday on Tuesday, so he works eight days a week, literally. He well, you got I eleven got, kids. Uh, you got a lot of mouths to help feed. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It's you know, and I and I always you know like right now I couldn't go to Chicago with him because. I have all the kids, and yeah. we're moving, so I have them on task right now, moving stuff over to the new place. And but, um, but yeah, tell them to leave the ghost. Would you tell them to just <laughs> yeah. leave don't the old take house. those with? Don't we don't need package. that problem. But no. um, yeah, so he's, sage incense. He's going to be in Chicago this weekend at the Chicago Paracon. I'm. Um, I wish I could. I've never been to that one. I go to the Michigan Paracon, and that's in August. That's where I go in August, and we have a great time. And it's fun to li- have the listeners come up to you and tell you their stories. Mm-hmm. And um, 
because a lot of people think they're crazy. And sometimes they just want to have a voice, have a voice, and to tell somebody without being judged sure. by an experience that they've had. And um, and Dave's really good at helping people give give them that voice, so they you know, because like on uh, Beyond the Darkness, you can call it, what what is the tagline for? Is it Beyond the Voice? We have our voices from Beyond Voicemail, where you can call and tell us your stories, and we'll actually put them on our radio show. Uh, mm-hmm. So if your listeners at would like to call 651-300-4977. That's 651-300-4977. You can leave up to a three-minute uh, story of something strange and unusual that happened, whether it's ghosts, angels, demons, Ouija board experiences, UFOs, Bigfoot, alien abductions, whatever you've got, we want to hear it. And if your story is longer than three minutes, just hang up and call back and keep keep going with the story. We'll put it all together and air it on an upcoming show, or just email me your stories. If you want to do that, you can email them at dave at darknessradio.com, and we read those stories every Saturday on our show. We'll share uh, share a bunch of the different uh, personal encounters from our listeners. Yeah, and the, and the best way to find out everything that is Dave Schrader, just go to darknessradio.com. Everything's listed there from all of his radio shows to even the Holzer files. So, um, yeah, but um, I'll let you go because I know you're busy today. But well, thank sure, you. <laughs> make sure thank you, you for the nepotism and allowing me to come on. And, uh, and hey, we're just loaded time. with nepotism at this show. I know. Well, it's I called lo- the I family. Love- <laughs> we're, That's right. we're... It's called the family. Yeah. Keeping it in the family. So thank you, and uh, and uh, thank you guys for your time and support. And keep watching the Holzer Files every Thursday on the Travel Channel. Between now and December, we'll be airing every Thursday night. Thank you, guys. Well, love you, honey. You. I love you, too. we got to take a quick commercial break. We will be right back. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Clock, clock, maybe it's possessed. I don't think so. Ugh. I think it's you. It is me. <laughs> it's your bad energy, Cassie. Oh, you it's have. Oh, you have to produce and host and do all this stuff. I'm not going to work for you. <laughs> you know. So, but well, yeah, um, we could have hosted. <laughs> yeah, true. So, have any of you had any paranormal experiences? Well, I don't want to think. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. I've had one. I've had maybe unexplained stuff. As yeah, I, I moved in when I was in college. I moved into this um, very old house on Robert Street in St. Paul, mm-hmm. right over the right over the bridge down there. And, oh, um, you know, there's a restaurant down there that supposedly was haunted. Oh, really? Yep, it just closed like a couple of years ago. It was right when you come over the bridge, 
if you're heading towards West St. Paul on the right side of the road. Is that the Four Paws? No, Four Paws no, is, four paws is up That's by haunted, Como. too. Yeah. Right, Four Paws is up by Como. That's supposed uh, to no, be No, Four Paws is in, uh, it's right in the old part of downtown St. Paul. What are, which one am I thinking it's, of? It, oh, Muffaletta or something. Yeah, Muffaletta is uh, up in St. Anthony. Uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, well, anyway, so I lived there with a bunch of people. And there was all kinds of weird things that went on in that house. And now, see, I'm like, is it just because the house was really old? You know? And spooky? Yeah. It was like you'd come home. That is interesting because you never hear about a Starbucks being haunted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or a brand new build. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Really. Unless it's built on a... some sort of Indian mound or yeah, burial grounds so, or something. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody goes to that. Like, if, if it's a new build and it gets haunted, it's automatically Indian burial ground. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we would just have odd things like, um, you know, we like kind of assign jobs to everybody. It's like, you water the plants, mm-hmm. you do the, you know, just uh, typical housekeeping things. And um, the plants would be so overwatered that there would just be water just swooling all over the floor and it's like did you water the plants today mm-hmm. no 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 uh, and, and, i mean it's a bunch of college kids who knows maybe they were drunk high who knows <laughs> but it, that was weird mm-hmm. and then we would have the furnace on like you know 70 or something mm-hmm. and it was always it would not always but sometimes it would just all of a sudden just be freezing in that house mm-hmm. even though the furnace said it was 70 mm-hmm. on the thermostat and you know, and so of course everybody's like, "It's because it's haunted." Because yeah. well, you could call Dave Schrader or Steve from Saber Eating and Plumbing. Yeah, yeah. well, we didn't own the house, Both. and we, we were also very young, and he probably shouldn't have even been renting to you know seventeen, eighteen year olds. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, probably not a good idea. And um, just some odd things would happen in that house, and I just everybody thought, of course, because it was an old weird house that it was haunted. But I don't, yeah. I don't know for sure. And then when I was very young. Right after my grandfather died, I went to bed, and I woke up, and this could just be the power of, you know, a 12-year-old's mind. Um, I swear I saw my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Probably my phone. Oh, Sorry. Somebody's... I'll put it on the floor. Oh, <laughs> share through your purse. And um, that could just be because, you know, you've got an over you know, active imagination, you're young, it's your first time somebody died, you know. I I don't know. But Did I bet, it happen right after his passing? Like the, no, like a couple of days afterwards. That, but see, they say that's usually common, especially with family members. They they will make an appearance shortly after yeah, passing. Yeah, seen Toots a couple, he just saw her right, right after, like yeah. soon after. And sometimes it's just kind of their way of saying, I'm okay, you know, or just, hello, I'm okay, don't worry about me. You know, or to, the skeptic in me, wishful thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, know, unfinished business. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I have a hard time. It is hard. most everything was. I mean, those kinds of things I think could be explained by emotional distress. Mm-hmm. But you know, being pushed over by you know just the, standing there. That's yeah. a little, that's a little bit. And that's more the intense. clip that they've put Weird. out there on, with the Holzer files. They've put out a clip of Dave getting hit. And um, yeah, that's, that's really hard for me that's to watch. That's creepy. It's yeah. hard because I see my husband get yeah. hit and like fall down. It's like, oh my god, you yeah. know. It, that to me is more um, distressing than actually knowing that a ghost did it to him. But you know, because we had a guest that we connected with from you that lived in that house that the 
entities were very violent. Yes. And that's really scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, where you're Casper getting... the Friendly Ghost would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All Please. I do is I tell if I have if, if I feel like there's ghosts in my place, I said, well, whatever. You're living here rent free, so pull your weight, get some cleaning done, <laughs> yeah, don't do leave something. the lights on, right. and stuff like that. And don't and, raid the fridge. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I've had quite a few paranormal experiences. Some are more profound than others, but like I've seen a shadow person at the Palmer House, and I was doing this experiment called the Psychomantium where you have a low level, it's like one light source, and it's just low level, so you stand in front of a mirror, or it's called like mirror scrying, and you just stand there, and you have a candle below you, and that's the only light source in the room, and you just, you find a fixed point to look at, and you just kind of let your mind release, and just kind of take in the the quietness of the environment and just have the experience because mm-hmm. sometimes things happen some people have seen apparitions in the mirror um, sometimes people's face changes and stuff like that now I saw my face change but I think what it was was my eyes adjusting to dark and mm-hmm. the light source yeah. underneath me um, I've had two experiences doing that in two separate times um, and this was all at the Palma House Hotel during one of Dave's Darkness Radio events. And I was sta- the first experience I had, which was very odd, I was standing there and I could, I could feel a presence to the left of me, behind my shoulder, like standing really close. I didn't feel it was evil, but I felt it was mischievous, like it was going to, you know, play a prank or, you know, that Pull your kind- hair and run away. Yeah, type yeah. of thing. And I just, I had that, you know icky feeling about it and I just felt it getting closer and closer you know how like if you have your eyes closed and you can sense somebody's like right yeah. in your face mm-hmm. that's what I felt and all of a sudden I'm standing there and I could feel something come up to my ear it was like this staticky uh, feeling in my on the left side of my face and ear and all of a sudden this thing whispered into my ear and normally you would expect it to say, get out, or something evil like that. It went, you go, girl. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did I just get the ghost of, like, RuPaul? It yeah. sounded like a guy, like a drag queen, like a guy trying to sound like a chick. It sounded like a drag queen. And drag I was like, very specific. I was very, <laughs> I was very, that's how I specific would, it was. I would love a drag queen You're ghost. standing on my foot. I know, it just goes, you go, girl. And I'm like, Wait a minute. <laughs> Did it just tell me you go, girl? Weird. I was waiting to hear a snap of a fingers or something. But that was one experience. And then a different time, I Weird. was doing the same psychomantium experiment. And I could hear um, in the basement of the Palmer House, it's all like cement floor. And you know how you kind of get dirt and gravel mm-hmm. on cement? You could hear somebody shuffling that kind of scratchy. Mm-hmm. I started hearing that coming towards me on my right. And I'm thinking, please be a ghost, please be a ghost. I was worried, like, oh God, is it a rat or something? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm in the dark. I don't want to. Could have been fu- blood from the slaughterhouse next yeah. door. Oh God, gross. And tissue. Yeah. yeah. And fat. <laughs> but I didn't feel anything evil or anything like that. And it just kind of kept getting closer and closer. All of a sudden, I felt a hand on the back, cradled the back of my head like a mom would hold her infant child's head, that gentle, mm-hmm. just kind of cradle. And it was very loving and light feeling. I didn't. I just let the experience happen. I didn't freak out. I just stood there, stared at the mirror, and took it all in. 
and then the hand I could feel the hand pull away from my head and then all of a sudden I saw a shadow person walk from one corner of the room to the next and it just and I just said hello and it just went away that was my first shadow person experience, but it was a good one. It was, mm-hmm. I, it felt like it was a very loving presence. I didn't feel threatened at all or anything like that. Um, so I don't know what that was about. And then I could smell like perfume all of a sudden. So I think it was a woman. Yeah. I don't know who, um, but uh, that was that was a really profound experience for me. I, I really take, every experience I have, I try and you know, either write it down or, you know, log it some, somehow. Yeah. Cause I, I find these, um, experiences, like I want to try and compare them to other ones that I have and see sure. if there's a correlation because after my mom's passing two years ago, um, I've had some experiences with her. I haven't seen her or anything, but I have auditorily heard her in my ear, Wow. which is very weird. And it just happened to me a couple weeks ago. And it's like, I feel like she's trying to reach out and tell me something, but I, because I've seen her, I've had dreams with her in it, and they're very vivid dreams where she's trying to tell me something, but I can't hear her. Mm. And it's very frustrating for yeah. me, because I'm like, God, I just want to, because like shortly after she died, I, I was, this is when I was still living in my apartment, and I was just about to fall asleep, and all of a sudden I heard her, like, yell, like she's trying to get my attention, and and I just, I was like, what the heck? And then a couple of weeks ago it happened again, but she said my name. I could clearly hear her say my name. And so I don't know if I should go to a medium to see if there's something she's trying to reach out and tell me. It seems me. like you know plenty of them. I so know, right? But the problem a... is I know a lot of them, and they know a lot of background on oh. me. You know, I need somebody who is, you know, doesn't really know anything about me, and, you know, because I don't want the... Most of the ones that I know, they're legit. I mean, they're really good mediums. You know, you have Chip Coffee from Kindred Spirits, who's um, a fantastic medium. And, um, you know, even Brett Butler is, you know, mm-hmm. Brett Butler from mm-hmm. Grace Under Fire. She is, she has medium abilities oh, as well. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, but so, yeah, it, it, I think it's kind of cool. And it, and people who want to inv- start investigating, just know what you're doing before you go ahead and just... Yeah. Yeah. But what, what's dangerous, too, is a lot of these people go in these abandoned places, and they're not safe to be in. Like, physically not safe to be in. You know? Yeah. So, some of these places, you find out there's asbestos falling from the ceiling oh, yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. So if, you're, if you want to start ghost hunting, your best bet is to find a group, a paranormal group. That sometimes they'll take you know, people. I, no interest in ghost hunting because I have, I'd be flipped out. I it's like <laughs> I couldn't I'm, do it. I'd be like, ah! I'd love to. I love like haunted stuff and ghost mm-hmm. stuff and all that. But like the stuff around this time of year, like the Halloween, like the soap factory thing, where you know people are gonna jump out at you and all that stuff. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Like paranormal stuff, I really like, but people jumping out at me and trying to scare me, I don't like because it's like. It makes it worse knowing that they're coming. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, if that's it's parano- how I feel. With paranormal stuff, it's like something could happen, something couldn't happen. That's, you never that's know. Like I, that's why I don't like scary movies because I know things are going to jump out. So I'm just it waiting for worse. something to yeah, jump like, out. So it makes a lot worse because well, I'm anticipating it. <laughs> like when we do EVP sessions, that's electronic voice phenomena. That's where you don't hear anything with your physical ear, but these, you know, 
voice recorders will pick up, you know, voices that you can't hear because the mics are so good. And, um, you know, I try and ask questions because I can't imagine being a ghost in a haunted place for, I don't know, hundreds of years getting asked the same questions over and over again. What's your name? How many are here? Are you upset? What are the winning lotto numbers? <laughs> I, try, I try and have a conversation with them. Because, you know, if, if you believe in spirits and stuff, they were real people. They were alive. So I try and treat them as such. Um, what you need, buddy? Oh, thank you. Um, but, you know, I try to treat them as if, you know, they're sitting right in front of me and I'm having a conversation. Like, you know hey, you know, what did you do today? Or what's your favorite thing to do while you're here? And stuff like that. But we should try to get, like, a Palmer House weekend. That'd be fun. I would totally do that. Oh, we love the Palmer House. I could barely stand the presence of possible bed bugs. I to keep (laughs) the light on all night. Bed bugs are way worse than ghosts. (laughs) I would much rather take ghosts than bed bugs. Yeah, bed bugs, you practically have to burn your house down. We have a minute left. Do you want to share your... You said you saw a ghost. I didn't see a ghost. I was you something about Andy ghosts. and I once were playing cards, and we pretended that Grandpa, who we had never met, died before we were both were born. Tom's dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We pretended that he was playing with us, and I said, Grandpa, it's your turn. And the cards, like, organized, flipped over. Oh, really? Does Andy yeah. remember this? I don't know. I think so. We were in the playhouse, and I, yeah, I, like, set out a thing for him. And I was actually playing by myself with him, and then Andy came, and I dealt him in, and then... Yeah, I remember saying, Grandpa, it's your turn, and then the cards. This is in Dayton? Yeah, in the playhouse in Dayton. What game were you playing? Crazy Eights. <laughs> That's very weird. Yeah, super weird. Wow. So you were playing with your grandpa, and yeah. then Andy came in, so then now you had three people playing, basically. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and Dan's had a something, too. He's like, I never believed in ghosts growing up, never. Like, his family is not at all, like, mm-hmm. s- they're no his mom's religious but they're not like spirit spooky people but yeah and then he had this thing happen in college and he's like now i 100 percent believe in ghosts for sure that's awesome yeah we need to take a break tommy i need a favor what's that can you say nissan titan in that big tom movie theater voice do you want echo or not no echo's fine No echo. okay nissan titan try it with echo Okay, wait a minute. This is my Echo. My Echo. I just paid a lot of money for this Echo. Nissan Titan. Man, that's brilliant. We have got a killer deal at our two Nissan stores, Coon Rapids and Burnsville. For this month, for the month of October, you can buy a brand new Nissan Titan, which is just a badass truck. 0% financing for 84 months. Here's the only catch. We only have 12 of them in stock between the two stores. So, But 0% for 84 months on a Titan, that's unheard of. That's as long as your KQ contract. It is. It'd be perfect. Yeah, so when you get your truck paid off, you don't have to listen to Tom anymore. Yeah, and I don't have to get up anymore. That's brilliant. Can you say Nissan Titan one more time? Nissan Titan. That sucks. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, 
why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For, <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Catherine's not here yet, but any second now, I'm certain. Any second. Um, ladies and gentlemen, just a couple of things from the Babylon Bee before we get started. Because very, very hard-hitting, important news from the Babylon Bee, as you know. Mm-hmm. Biden leads Democrats in Pledge of Allegiance to One Nation under, you know, the thing. <laughs> I love it when he goes, you know the thing. He says, you know the thing a lot. I don't know why that is. You know the thing. And also, from ba- they got a picture of a car that is uh, just driving, tipped over on its left side like this. <laughs> Goodyear announces they will only sell tires for the left side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny. Come on, you two. Oh, God. That is. There's, that's that's great. Here. There we go. Your, your old mammy is here. Stop talking about Jude. it. Dude. Mammy? Your mammy. Jude, you got shaved again, huh? Beauty. Well, only partially because the mosquitoes started coming out, so I had to. Oh, dude. dude. What do you think of that action, yeah, Jujitsu? But I think I did a better job this time. Of shaving them. From Looks better. I, from what I could get at. It didn't look like a garden all, rake. All of a sudden, mosquitoes came out, and I was like, I gotta go. I understand. It's very mosquito-y. The kids yeah. have just been attacked every time. 8.30. Yep, 8.30. No, all day long in our backyard. If they go outside, they get bit by bugs. Sounds like you need a weed whack. We have no... I don't know what it is. It's... Yeah, it's That's just... true. But they've, I've ne- we've never had this problem. What problem is that? No Giant, mosquitoes? No, mos- just crazy mosquitoes all oh, the time. We're on the air right now. That's why we all have our headphones yeah. on. Yeah, we're all talking with our headphones oh. on there, Catherine. Oh I don't know if you've ever seen a show before, but, uh, you know. All yeah, the timers on. Tell you, man. Yeah, the clock is on. You if know, all I the good s- stuff. If I survive my father's move, I'm going to be shocked. Mm. <laughs> He'll be fine. Don't worry Sounds about like you got thing. everything set up. Uh, yeah, I get it set up, and then he's like... Well, his new recliner chair. He was very attached to his lazy boy recliner chairs down in Arizona. I'm sure. Decided not to ship them up because it costs a lot of money to ship stuff across the country, right? Especially giant things like that. So I ordered him a recliner thinking that I was doing the right thing, but it's no lazy boy recliner Uh, that he had. (laughs) I bet he wants the lever, not a button. No, he wants it to be electric, but he wants his every single tiny thing was adjustable. And apparently the thing that I ordered, which was like a $1,600 chair that I got on sale for $800, Mm. doesn't have enough adjustability. Not good enough? It's not the lazy boy that he had. Uh, (laughs) Other than that. It's like... (laughs) You're fine. Don't worry about a thing. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. (laughs) Okay. You guys tell me what the key stat is in this next story. You ready? Key stat. Okay. The key, the key element to this story. Okay. Last weekend, FDA Chief Stephen Hahn stood with President Trump and extolled the use of plasma as a coronavirus treatment. Trump said convalescent plasma has proven to reduce mortality by 35%. And Hahn, while qualifying things a bit more, echoed the point. What that means is, and if the data continue to pan out, 100 people who are sick with COVID-19, 35 would have been saved because of the admission of plasma. 
The problem is that medical experts, even those involved in the very uh, study being cited, couldn't figure out where the 35% figure came from. Reports in New York Times on Monday night, Han issued a mea culpa in a Twitter thread. I have been criticized for remarks I made Sunday night, wrote Han. The criticism is entirely justified. What I should have said better is that the data show a relative risk reduction, not an absolute risk reduction. So what's the key stat here? Orange man bad? The cash that he got. <laughs> oh. I guarantee you this guy got paid. These people flip in, all of these people in Washington are the biggest money-grubbing suckwads ever. What I'd like to know is, okay, so if you, get, if you get the treatment, will it hurt you in any way, shape, or form? Doesn't look, what do you think, Doc? Uh, yeah, uh, Could the, it The risk is cleric wires. That's the oh, only risk yeah. of getting plasma or getting any kind of blood product. The major risk, by far, is clerical errors. So you get the wrong plasma from the wrong person that might have some other disease and it's boom, pretty rare these them. days though. Uh, but still that's the risk but also it's not a huge risk but so you that's do triple, the risk. Re- triple redundancy or something check e- check double check even then even then even then okay, okay so, so i mean we're talking about like you know one in i don't even know it's got to be tens of thousands and i don't and i don't know see the plasma oh, no, that's my hematology. It, it just gave me. I don't know. I don't know if you type in cross match plasma. I don't, I don't think so. Think you do? No, no, I don't think you do either. I, I don't think you do. So that risk is not not great. But getting the plasma, there's always that risk of getting a little prion, a little slow virus, or something well, nutty like, I like said, that. If I'm or looking like worm little things, food, just give me all this stuff. Right? Well, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. You know, that's but, all I mean, I, I think that we're talking about like you know treating ninety year olds here. Oh. You're not going to give convalescent plasma treatment to someone who's 30 who has like a 1 in well, 10,000 chance of dying from this virus. Yeah, unless There's no point. Unless it's all, you've it's got all, some other things. It's all based on symptomatology, based on exactly. risk, based on so many things. They're going to decide on doing that. We're not just going to start giving plasma to everyone who has a cough, which is what people think is what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. they want everybody to be tested who has a cough. <clears throat> yes. If you get a sniffle, cough, any any. Any symptom, a headache, you should be in get tested. Get that test. Yep. I've had an, a little allergy cough now since the ragweed came right, out. Right, right. You, right. you should be tested week? daily. You should be tested every daily because you have a cough. Well, I've, my temperature's taken almost every day because whenever I go see my dad, I have to fill out a form, have my temperature taken. And that's the first symptom, right, is, that, is, is a, a raised temperature. Yeah, I guess. No. De- no. Oh, no. They no I was told one, that it was. Dry that's cough. one of the symptoms. Yeah, dry cough. Well. Can be one of the first. I know it's allergies. I yeah. mean, I can Fever. walk by a, I can walk by a field of ragweed and start coughing, and my voice goes. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's evident and what it is. You can go to Hennepin County Hospital if you're an employee, mm-hmm. or Abbott Northwestern if you're an employee. No temperature check. You walk right in. That's mm. amazing. So there, are, so employees with IDs are not being checked for temperatures. At, well, unless they have scanners in the hospital. That seems nope. stupid. Well, but they, and, and Hennepin County has never checked people's body temperature. But it's like it doesn't matter because you could still have it and not have a fever. Or you I, could have a fever I, and not have it. I get yeah. the Hennepin County thing from people who work there, and I get the. I was at Abbott uh, uh, ten days ago. Didn't check my... Oh, we don't check temperatures anymore. Go mm. ahead. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Oh. There you have it. So, so, I, so, I, so there's no real, you know, yeah, if you're infectious process. with anything, you would, you would think that you want to check people's body temperature just for inf- influenza. Influenza, cold, tuberculosis, any of those sort of communicable diseases, respiratory communicable diseases. Yeah, maybe you want to check your, check your temperature. Maybe you shouldn't be in here. Maybe you have TB. 
I don't think so. <laughs> and now back to the end of the story. Oh, please. <laughs> it may sound like a wonky clarification, but it's a big one, writes Aaron Blake of the Washington Post. Here's what I like. Now, a writer for the Washington Post knows more than a doctor. Of course. Hahn distorted a stat comparing subsets of patients. Strictly speaking, the treatment would have saved about 3 out of 100 coronavirus patients, not 35, writes Blake. Hahn has taken criticism over the mistake, though the Times quotes a Johns Hopkins researcher involved in the Mayo Clinic study, central to the controversy, who suggests people shouldn't get too carried away. Do I know where the 35% comes from? Asks Dr. Arturo Casadeval. No, but I think the, the important thing is that all the indicators, all, this is a doctor now, All the indicators show that a a reduction in mortality. The FDA has granted emergency use authorization for the treatment. And Han tweeted that it's not the same as permanent approval. The agency will continue to monitor its use and will revoke authorization if needed. But if it saves three people, isn't that a wonderful thing? Three out of 100? Yeah. Yeah. So not 35 out of 100. So how can they be off? I don't see the the other statement represented an order of magnitude difference. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where they got the three either. They didn't explain that one. They didn't explain that either. Exactly. Mm. But if it saves one life, it's well worth it, isn't it? Yeah, but they, I, I, so I guess well. the, the numbers aren't a prospective double-blind study, and that's the gold standard of right. whether no, this works or not. So they do they have taken you know have taken three hundred people, give half of them you know a placebo, give the other half the plasma, and then see what happens. You know they both may be saved by two by by three. That's a small number. Three out of a hundred. Three percent. It's not very many. You know what though. Let's assume it's right down the middle that it's seventeen out or eighteen yeah. out of a hundred. Uh, give the plasma. Exactly. So give them the plasma. Now, now, one thing I'd like to point out about this story, the two doctors in the story both say that it's worth using because it works, whether it's 3 or 35 or 18, like we we assume that it is. Both doctors say, yes, we should move ahead. The federal government said we should move ahead. The one guy who says we should move ahead is a writer for the Washington Post. Who, how, what do you know, Aaron Blake? I mean, we're trying to save people's lives here. Isn't that a good thing? Well, he's got to make a living, I guess, and he's he, he's well, an expert now. Good luck. He's, he's, he's read some things on the internet and a couple yes. and, a, and a chapter out of a book, so he knows. He's, he knows. Well, well sure. I see what they're doing. What? Well, we got to take a break, and we'll be right back. Yeah. And Tandy will tell us what they're doing. Yeah. Right what the hell this. are they doing? Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great (laughs) it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? (laughs) North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. <clears throat> All right, Andy, we got a guest coming up in a couple of minutes. So what were you telling us? You said, I see. So the 3% versus 35% thing, 35% is the relative decrease. 
and 3% is the absolute decrease. So oh, okay. you yeah. have 10 people, uh, and your drug saves... I have to formulate this properly because... I think... I. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think if you have a you have a hundred people, you have a hundred people, say a thousand people, hundred people are positive and sick with the virus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Say thirty of those people are going to die. So then they do the thing. So instead of thirty people dying, only only twenty seven people die. Mm-hmm. So three so three of the twenty seven is thirty percent. Thirty or no, I should no no ten people die instead of. No, 20 people die instead of 10 people die. So 10 people uh, relative to the 30 would be 30%, but mm-hmm. relative right. to overall numbers, yeah. it's 3%, exactly. 100. Yeah, yeah so, it's, it's a math thing. Neither number means anything by itself. No, it doesn't mean anything. So that's, well, but yeah, basically the absolute is always smaller than the relative by quite a bit. Yeah. Well, so they're know. not, they're, they're saying that like the actual number is three, but you know, but it's not that doesn't, that's not actual versus fake. They're two different numbers. And if you don't understand what the numbers mean, then you might as well be trying to decipher Sanskrit. So don't well, even try. Well, well, I did notice once again uh, to, in this morning's paper that those two people in St. Louis that protected their home after they broke down the gate to gain entrance to their property right. that didn't shoot anybody. The, neither gun was loaded, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, her gun wasn't even real. His gun wasn't loaded. They still claimed on the AP this morning that they pointed guns at innocent protesters for no reason. They're did you not see the gates smashed to hell? Did you not hear people shouting, we'll kill you? Why do they leave that stuff out? I, I just would like to know how it is that that they can keep printing in the paper over and over again that those two people were the bad guys. Because they don't want the story to end. They want the story God. to continue on and on and on because it's just the way sensationalism is the way journalists work now. But we should just not allow that to happen. When are these news organizations going to have the feet being held to the fire here? Not You've until been they lying have to. for decades. You, you know the. You know you're not. You really are not supposed to be outside your house threatening people with weapons. I think that's the deal. But, right. Generally, that is true. But I do it in, all the time. in the face of rioting around you, where they're burning things down. Absolutely. I think the argument is, is that I was, I was fearful that if I was in my house. They would set my house on fire, Correct. and I would die. So I think that you said I was protecting my house from being set on fire. That's exactly right. And the governor already pardoned him anyway. Yeah. So. Have our guest. Excellent. I, I just really wish they they would stop lying. That's all I'm saying. That'd be good. Yep. On the loving end of crazy, finding hope and help to face your loved one's crippling anxiety and depression. Faith McDonald, our special guest. Well, I'm one of them uh, since this COVID thing broke out and the BLM thing broke out and the election broke out. Faith, you got to save me from my crippling anxiety and depression over all these things that are going on in America. What do you say? Oh, wow. That's a challenge. It is. That's a huge challenge. Um, Yeah, everybody seems to be facing uh, unprecedented levels unprecedented levels of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. there's no. I have anxiety. Every morning when I wake up, Faith, I have anxiety because I think, oh, God, another day of this. You know, there are oh, great wow. things, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there are things that I, I love my family dearly. They're all here with me today. Our, one of our family friends is with us today. So there are many, many things I'm grateful for and I'm happy about. 
but it's the lying and the cheating and the stealing and, and uh, they're not actually trying to help anybody they're just trying to i don't know i don't care who gets elected president i'll still be breathing air you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, times are filled with conflict, that's for sure. And I know um, my book is about our son struggling, us standing beside him. And right. I know that it has uh, definitely been worse in the last few months. Oh, God, yeah, there's no question about that. Now, my, my lovely wife, Catherine, is at the other end of the table from me. Catherine, yes. do, you, do you know anybody that has a great deal of anxiety? Yes. What's his name? I mean, what's their name? Tom Bernard. I do. I have tons of anxiety, and to tell yeah. you the truth, I have since I was a little boy. Oh, wow. So it do. seems like you're you're able to function despite mm. it. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is arguing with you, Faith. <laughs> she, she's well, not agreeing with you, Faith. That, well, he functions better on some days. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And it's hard, right, to be with someone who's anxious and you think, well, what am I supposed to say? You know, what kind of things can I say that will help? I love Faith McDonald. Be calming. <laughs> Pardon? I said, I love you. <laughs> because, it, I mean, that is the thing. is if People that are super anxious, there really isn't anything another person can do to get them to be an unanxious un- person. You can kind of help right. through some situations, but it also seems like, for me, I observe Tom as his coping mechanisms are, you know, stress eating, sitting there watching uh, mindless television and chewing on his lip, you know, <laughs> ruminating. Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot like, of ruminating. yeah, and if and if, and if you tr- if you break the pa- if you try to break the pattern or try to you know get him to do something else, it actually makes him sort of more anxious yeah or angry at you yes i don't say oh maybe we'll go for a walk instead it's like why are you talking to me yes now you said your son uh has anxiety disorder is that right yeah he's well he's been diagnosed with i guess they call it anxiety disorder at different mm-hmm. times in his life he struggled with anxiety or depression they seem to go hand in hand right and um definitely has days when you know he he's not out of bed today he's like yeah i just don't feel good right like, right and how old is your son he's 33 33 okay you could pass along something from his uncle tommy here in minneapolis <laughs> um the, the the upside to the anxiety and the the depression issues is I don't have fear. I'm not afraid okay. of anyone or anything, and I and I, I didn't choose to be that way. I just don't fear any person or anything. Uh, and maybe anxiety takes it all that takes all that away from me or whatever. But there is an upside in that he will not face a lot of fear. I don't think once he deals with his anxiety. That's a really interesting perspective because I think, in my mind, I sort of consider fear leading to anxiety, but I never thought about it that way. Gives me a good conversation to have with him. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to him about his about fear because he probably doesn't have a whole lot. Uh, the anxiety part of it comes from well, I, it, it's actually uh, just one word. My anxiety comes from people. 
That's where it comes from. Well, yeah. People will do the most disgusting things for money, Faith. It is unbelievable what people will do for money. They will watch people die if they get a check for $100,000. That's where I get my anxiety right there. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, well, look at at COVID, though, Faith. Look at COVID. There are people dying. They probably could have kept a lot of those people alive, but they sent them into retirement homes. They, therefore, the older people in the retirement homes died. There was no reason for that to have happened except for Uh, elections and money. So that's the good part. Tell your son I said so, and he'll snap out of it. Okay. Mm. That'll help. Well, there you go. Well, I have, I used to have very bad anxiety. I'm Alex, Tom's daughter. And. Oh, hi, Alex. Hello. I'd have like day long panic attacks where it was just okay. like, yeah. it, it would like spiral and I like couldn't do anything. And um, I found out that I'm a highly sensitive person and I read a book called The Highly Sensitive Person and it like okay. completely changed my life. Because oh, wow. it made me fo- it made me pay attention to like because it was it got me out of the like what's wrong with me why am I like this what's my problem and made me think of like oh I'm sensitive but that also means I like love people more and I'm yeah. when I am happy I'm happier than most people and I feel things so I feel tough things more but also good things and that changed a ton and meditation those are like the two okay. things that helped me the most and it's so interesting to hear what different people like what helps because anxiety is not a thing where it's like oh you can do the thing that i did and it'll help you too for sure you know right yeah and i find my son is a really sensitive person yeah Yeah. so i'm gonna look this book up you should it's amazing and there's one about parenting highly sensitive person and stuff it's very interesting it was amazing Faith, do you have a, do you have a, uh, I, I need to take a very quick break. Do you have several, uh, a few more minutes that we could bring you back after the break, a two-minute break? Oh, sure. Excellent. We'll be right back with Faith McDonald, ladies and gentlemen, on the loving end of crazy, finding hope and help to face your loved one's crippling anxiety and depression. We're going to talk a lot about how Faith handles all this right after the break. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. Never seen you looking so bad, my funky one. My funky one? Funky one. Is Doug Sprintall a funky one? I think it might be. Must be. I think it must be. Ladies and gentlemen, on the loving end of crazy, finding hope and help to face your loved one's crippling anxiety and depression, Faith McDonald, our special guest. So how do you handle uh, your your son's anxiety and depression? You personally. Um, 
how do I personally? Well, um, like Alex mentioned, you know, spend time meditation, um, prayer. My faith has really helped me, um, you know, relate to him. Um, learned lots of things about myself, about my expectations um, of what a, you know, a good day looks like and thinking, okay, well, it's different for right. him. Right. I need to change my expectations. Um, and, you know, knowing that he can get better, I think when Matt was in the uh, most depressing, most anxious ridden times, having lots of panic attacks that we didn't understand what they were, I thought, oh, this is our life. This is where we're going to live forever. And once he was able to get medical help, he has a counselor that he sees on a regular basis. Um, you know, he got better. He still struggles every day. Sometimes seems like a, a challenge for him, but definitely got better from the worst. And knowing that for me, that people can get better, even if they're in the middle of a panic attack. It's like, all right, well, we can get medical help. We can get counseling help, and he can, you know, have a better day tomorrow. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, now, Faith, was there a point where you kind of blamed yourself for his depression and anxiety? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I wrote a, a post one time about um, blame. And said, you know, if you're the mother of a, uh, a child or a person who struggles with depression or anxiety, you find a way to blame yourself. And um, what I've discovered is I can still think, oh, well, it was my fault because I did such and such. But really, blame doesn't do anything except mire you down into a, a state of helplessness. So I have learned to forgive myself for mistakes that I made. Um, realize that it's, you know, Matt's depression is not because of me or his anxiety is not because of me. And um, just when I let go of the blame, I'm far better able to function in a proactive manner that's helpful to him. See, I think that's wonderful. Uh, and by the way, you're also challenged that we, we are as parents, you are as a parent. When you watch the news and, and realize the message that's being sent across television news, the newspapers, radio, and all the rest of it, there's no forgiveness anymore for anything. If you do something wrong, we have to bury you and we have to ruin you. There's no forgiveness anymore. It's bizarre. Uh -huh. Yeah, and forgiveness is what, you know, helps people function in relationships, mm -hmm. helps people function and have a healthy self-concept. Yeah, I did something wrong, but tomorrow, you know, I'm a strong Christian and believe, you know, that forgiveness was modeled by Christ. Um, and what did, so how many times do you forgive? Well, 70 times 7, which, um, forgiveness is huge. It is. It's huge, and people don't, there, there isn't any of it in the national, or I should say international scope. Uh, forgiving someone now is is just not it just is not happening at all anymore, which is really, really sad. Do you are you getting all the support that you need from your your? Uh, you have, I don't know if you have other sons and daughters, your husband, your brothers, your sisters, whomever. Are you getting support from them? You personally? Yeah, I have a counselor that I talk to. You know, periodically. Um, it's really important when you do. You know, you have someone that you love who struggles to get that kind of support. Um, 
it, I think it's hard for families. I have two other adult children, and mm-hmm. um, I think they struggle to find their way in relationship with their brother, if that makes any sense. It does, yeah. It's kind of like you said, his, for a while, a few years ago, his life was totally at a standstill because of anxiety and depression. And I almost think they still see him as that person, even though he's grown beyond that. So that's hard. It is, yeah. I, well, first of all, I mean, I have four brothers and two sisters, and we don't all get along. We we really don't agree. I'm not a very political person. I probably sound like I am sometimes, but I'm not a uh, Democrat nor a Republican. I'm kind of a centrist. And I have brothers and sisters. Some are way far left and some are way far right. And you kind of think, how did all of us grow up in the same house? How did that happen? <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think... Another thing that's missing, along with forgiveness, and maybe it's all part of the same thing, without uh, something or someone to answer to, I think human beings struggle. And right now, you're not supposed to believe in one another. You're not supposed to believe in, in God. You're not supposed to believe in anything. But if you have no one to answer to, boy, life becomes a struggle, doesn't it? I think it's actually good for you to, to be held responsible for your actions. Yeah, I think so. I did the whole thing I if just think we didn't of have that if we were just in control it would be a pretty chaotic world well and it sure is centered right around now. me right yeah well that's exactly right the whole world's about me and therefore I can do and say whatever I want including ruining your life and I don't have to answer for anything because I'm the most important thing there is which is yeah. which is how long did it take you to write the book faith um it took once I decided to do it and started a couple years, you know, wrote it, and then, of course, went back through and revised it. I'm, I'm a writing teacher, so oh, okay. I think I'm probably hardest on myself. Mm-hmm. I went back through and think, oh, is this written right? Have I chosen the right words? And um, then I got to the point where I felt like, wow, there's other moms like me out there who need a message of hope. You know, that's what I, I wanted to communicate with the book, there, a message of hope and um, this is hard. It's a, it's challenging. No, it is absolutely. But there are tools that you can develop. You know. Yep, it is a I great I learned to have better conversations with my husband, with my kids, with, you know, our son who struggles. Is your, is your husband helpful to you in this situation? Um, sometimes, but in the book I talk about, it was very difficult for us. Mm-hmm. When our son began to really struggle, he was a freshman in college and failed out and then began to drink really heavily and do very stupid things when he was drunk. So we had the police calling us a lot. And you mm-hmm. can imagine that stress as a family. Yeah. And my husband and I both approached it from very different perspectives. So that was a very hard. It talk about blame. I blamed myself. I blamed him, um, and we really had to work through a lot of, you know, very difficult things. Realize, realizing that he wasn't to blame. I'm not to blame. Um, having better conversations about, you know, understanding where each other is coming from, and um, believing. I had to get to the point where I believed we were both operating out of love mm-hmm. for Matt and each other, even though it didn't always look like that. 
I understand that completely. On the loving end of crazy, finding hope and help to face your loved one's crippling anxiety and depression, you do a great interview, Faith. Thank you very much for your time, and, and you have a you have the strength to do this. Don't worry about it. You got it, and so does your son. Oh, thank you so much. This was just really fun for me, fun to talk to you and your wife and your daughter. And I, my son Andrew's here, too, but he stayed silent. <laughs> oh, hi, Andrew. Hello. <laughs> what a what there. a fun way to uh, complete an interview. I had never done it like this before. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And come back. Come back soon. Let us know how things are going, if you would, Faith. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. Does she not seem like the sweetest woman on earth? Yes. That poor Faith. Well. Oh, what? What do you mean, well? Things happen. You just got to deal with them. <laughs> oh, oh okay. That's life. Well, you know, the kids love it, but, you know. No, it is. Sounds like she's dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's, she's written a book to try. What I really like about it is she wrote the book not about what she's been through, but she wrote the book to help other people try to get through what they're going through, mm-hmm. which I really admire. She seemed Absolutely. like a very, very nice person. She did. I didn't ask her where she was from, by the way. She, she probably a, says on her bio well, somewhere. She has, a li- she has a little bit of an accent. It doesn't really matter, you know, where. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see it on here anyway. But it doesn't matter, like I said. she it, It's got to be difficult because, you know, Alex, you had a lot of anxiety. Andy had a lot of anxiety and some depression as mm-hmm. well, but it wasn't to the point where you stayed in bed for a month, you know. No. That is true. It's She's a different deal. currently a teacher at Penn State. Well, she's a Penn State. Pennsylvania. There Pennsylvania. you go. There's your accent. There you I go. One, of, up. one of your brethren. One of our people. One of one your of my people. people. One of my people. You know, it, uh, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, you can't fix that. That's the saddest yeah. thing about that. You yeah. can't fix that problem unless, unless, like Andy and Alex, fix it yourself. That's the only. No, you per- can't fix somebody. No, if 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 that child wants to be fixed. Taken sure. care of and sorted out, they can do that. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the so the kid has. We well, got into college. He has the intellect mm-hmm. to be able to do that. So he should be. But he's the only person. It's just a bit like uh, chemicals. You don't want to stop using them. Yeah. You ain't gonna stop using them. You don't stop using yeah. them until you want to stop using them. Right. So it's exactly the same thing. And then you die. That's gonna do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family.